0: Well, it's good to be in God's Word today, and I ask you to take a, your copy of God's Word and turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 26, verses 26 through 30. It's good to see John back with us, John Cannon and his family, and Leslie back there with Bernice all surrounded around. Good to have you back, John, Leslie. Be with us today. John's in the great South State now enjoying the blessings of being in South Carolina. It's good, isn't it? I hear you, brother, just stay with it. I'll get out of my copy of Mark here and get into Matthew. That's where I was biding time. Matthew 26, 26 through 30, we will read. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, Drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it with you in my Father's kingdom. And they sung a hymn, and then they went to the Mount of Olives. And of course from there they go... uh, there to the Garden of Gethsemane and on to the cross. This is, this is the uh, uh, words of Christ uh, that we are to commemorate. Paul said this is to be something we do by remembrance. I was just sharing with a the brother there. I've, I'm trying to call everybody, everybody new, every man I meet new now, Roger for some reason. So I'm, I'll misplace your name now for several times and... Uh, so uh but I'll try to get it right. You know, there was a, an older couple that took a car trip and they stopped at a restaurant for lunch and uh the lady unfortunately left her glasses at the table and and didn't miss them till they were back on the highway and uh they'd traveled quite a distance and uh she told her husband that uh she had forgot her glasses and that they would need to go back to the restaurant. Well, you know how husbands are. We fuss. He fussed and complained and, you know, backtracking. Don't like to backtrack. So all the way back to the restaurant, you know, they go. And they finally arrived. She got out of the car to go get her glasses. and The old man said, while you're in there, will you get my hat too? <laughs> so... Sometimes we've got to be reminded to remember, right? And so here's Jesus on the eve of the crucifixion. And He will be painfully and shamefully nailed to the cross. And He will breathe His last. Now from what we understand of Jesus as being the Son of God, we, when we read these stories of Christ pondering his death, and then his actual death, we have to realize that he was also man. And many and many of the things that we think we would experience in such a time, he experienced them all. The Lord's Supper is full of so many blessings. You can just look at it and look at it, and you can draw all kinds of uh, lessons from the symbolism, of course, as we meditate upon the broken body of Christ. We'll partake of the bread If you're here today and you're a Christian person, we invite you today to be part of the Lord's Supper. It speaks of the cup as an emblem of His blood, which was shed for us all. But it's to the words that Jesus spoke of the Father's kingdom that I want us to look at this morning. Speaking of the days when he is in heaven, he says in verse 29, I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. That's what I want us to look at today. Because the reality of death hung before Jesus. It's coming. Even to the Lord of glory, it was an ugly specter. You know, disease and death came into this world, we understand, from the days of Adam. When sin came into the world, so came death and disease. And it's with us all. Its effect and repercussions have carried on and will carry on to the end of time. And Jesus is talking about His own death. And we don't understand sometimes about death. When it comes, we just want to, we want to push it away. We want to just say, no, it can't be anything but this. As a matter of fact, Jesus prayed, if there's any way this cup could pass from me, let it pass. But not my will, but your will be done. And so when we think about it, we just wish we didn't have to think about it. But we're all just like Job of old who has to face the looming shadow of death. And you know, we're in kind of a death-denying culture. We we make all kinds of arrangements to sort of keep ourselves at distance from death and denying of death. Now we are living a day of great medicine. They couldn't we couldn't live at a more a better time, unless it's maybe a hundred years down and they discover more things. But they've modern medicine is amazing. I mean I've I've been around. I went back uh, if you read my newsletter this week I went back to the church I was pastoring and and I talked about walking through the cemetery there and just seeing people that I had I, I didn't bury them. I officiated at their service and then many more who have passed on since I was there. And I went by this one one stone there and it was Jordan Pereer. And Jordan died early on in my ministry there. I hadn't I hadn't experienced too many funerals. And Jordan was one of the first heart surgeries down there at Duke. And this was, you know, they do heart surgeries now. Golly, they get them in and out almost. They don't even keep them sometimes, it looks like. They're doing these bypass surgeries, and people are out the next day or whatever. But this was when they first started, and I'm telling you, it was, a, it was scary. This is one of those surgeries you just didn't know if you are going to survive it. And uh, it was all day long. And the family was just nervous the whole time. And finally the doctor came in and he smiled. He said, "We've, we've been able to have this surgery today. It was amazing. He lived about a year, which is about what they told him. You could expect at that time and passed on. But you know, with modern medicine, sometimes we think that we can just push death off entirely. But it's still with us a hundred percent. And we're going to we're gonna face it. And we might try to push it back out of the way and deny the reality. Some of you are dealing with some very serious matters right now. And we're praying heartily for you. As we would pray for even our own selves if we were facing such things. But Jesus had an appointment with death and it was the next day. It was coming up. He knew it was the next day. And Sometimes it troubles us that we don't know when or how. But I think I'd rather not know when or how myself. But there is an appointment we will not miss if the Lord tarries. And it'll be that day for us. In the Middle East, there's an old fable told of a Baghdad merchant who sent his servant to the marketplace to run an errand. And when he had completed his assignment, he was about to leave the marketplace, and he turned the corner, and unexpectedly he met Lady Death. The look on her face frightened him so much that he hurried home. He told his master what happened, and he requested his fastest, <coughs> his fastest horse so that, so that he could get as far away from Lady Death as possible a horse that could get him to the town of Samarra by nightfall. Later that day, the merchant met Lady Death himself. And he asked, why did you startle my servant this morning? And she said, I did not intend to startle your servant. It was I who was startled. I was surprised to see your servant in Baghdad this morning because I have an appointment with him in Samarra tonight. We all got a day to stand before the Lord for this passage. And that death hung before Jesus. And it was to be a lonely time for Jesus. As He was talking to His disciples, they didn't understand. They loved Him. They cared deeply for Him. He went to the garden. He was asking them to pray for for Him. They couldn't even stay awake to pray. Nobody can really understand, could understand what he was really facing. And I thought about it. you know, when somebody's dying, and I've been alongside of many of them, when somebody's dying, they may not be physically alone. I've been there often when loved ones are standing alongside, holding their hands, and and whispering and speaking to them all the things they want to hear. So it's not unusual that people are with you. But sensing their feelings, what they're actually going through, um, it's kind of a lonely experience. Those nearest to are with them to encourage them and love them. But the pain they may be experiencing, the confusion, uh, the fear, maybe even anger. Uh, It's a pretty lonely experience we've got to imagine. We're not going through it. They are. He wasn't just saying goodbye to His disciples there in this, when He was telling them about this. He was saying, I'll see you later. That's what this passage today reminds us of. In verse 29, I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it anew with you, with you, in my Father's kingdom. So, it's, it's see you later. I'm going to try some of my, some of my knowledge of foreign language here on you a minute. Okay? I can't pronounce any word correctly based on my accent, but I do the best I can. I might need some help with this Spanish one. Hasta? Is that see you later? Okay. How about Hasta Luega? How about, uh, here's a, here's German, Off Wiederstein. I think that's I'll see you later. Is that right, Jane? You were in Germany, weren't you, one time? Yes. I wasn't in Italy, but I think it's Arrivederci. I'll see you later. He's telling them, I'll see you later. Oh. The saved, those disciples, the born again, have a promise. There will be a day when you too will be with me in my Father's kingdom. That's pretty good. He spoke confidently about heaven. Death is a one-way journey. Death is a separation We will will not physically return. Now, He did return for a short time. There's an old song that goes, Every time we say goodbye, I die a little bit. It's a journey. We wonder, what's this journey about? I remember when I was drafted, and I'd come home occasionally. But the day I left out, I saw my grandparents we, we were living a, I was actually living with my grandparents and uh, they were at the driveway as I as I got into the car and I looked back and saw them holding each other and I thought I might not see them again that's what you think about and so we equate death with separation and I've been alongside many a soul, and they say, You know, it's not the dying, not death, I'm, I'm sad about. It's I'm it's leaving behind my loved ones. And it's a lonely experience, it's a physical separation. Their friends and family may be around, and Jesus had them around him. But it means I'm going to be separated from all these familiar things and people that are dear to me. Death is a door that's leading to a from a known world to an unknown world. Now we have the Bible and we read a lot about heaven, but we really don't know what it's like. You know? And so we're not really sure about all of this, this process. One fellow said it's not the, it's not, the, not death I'm worried about so much, it's the dying part. It's the dying part. And we know that that death is leading us from this world to the world beyond. And there's a separation. Death is separating us from this body that we've known. our Mind, our soul, is being separated from our body. The me in us will be leaving when we pass on. Cheer up, it's going to get better. This familiar body that we have loved or hated or cared for or cursed sometimes, We've lived our lives in this body. We've experienced. So there's a separation. And there's another separation spoken of in the Bible. It's called the second death or separation from God after death. That is, that is for those who have not, will not believe in God's love and receive His gift and repent and seek to obey Him. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, but after this the judgment. And you can be glad that when you pass on that you will not experience a second death. That is a death from God Himself. A separation from God if you have believed. Christ speaks with a conviction of tomorrow where He not only will drink of the cup, but He will be joined by His disciples. He saw His future, that God would raise Him from the dead. Christians receive eternal life when they accept Christ as their Savior. It's everlasting life. It's a gift from God, not of our own works. Nothing we could do. It's His grace, His goodness. He says, I will be with you. He will never leave us or forsake us. He will walk with us through it all. You're going to go, He says, through the deep waters. I will not forsake you there. That's good to know. It's good to know when friends and family are turning loose on this side with heartbreak that there's one who's got hold of us who will keep us as we go across that river of Jordan as it's called in the Psalms. And so, so thank God Thank God, when we come to the Lord's Supper today, we're celebrating that we have a Savior. We're celebrating that He loves us. We're celebrating no matter how far He had to pull us out of that sinking sand, that His arm will reach us. That He will not forsake us. He will keep us. I, I basically... I don't know how many funerals I've officiated. I've got a stack of obituaries about that deep. I'm not ever, somebody said, how many have you done? I've never counted them. You don't count till the dealing's done, right? But I've been to a lot of funerals, and I've seen basically two kinds. There's one that has hope. But whatever grief you're bearing, broken heart you have. There is one that has hope. Hope for them. Hope we will see them again. Hope in the Lord. There's also those that are hollow. That feel like the end of the road for everything. That there's there's no hope. We're all gonna pass through the gate. The question is, where are we headed? In Indiana, there's an old tombstone that bears this epitaph. I love these old, old graveyards where they have a little something written in there. It says, Pause, stranger, when you pass me by. As you are now, so once was I. As I am now, so you will be. So prepare for death and follow me. An unknown person stopped by and scratched beneath those words, to follow you I'm not content until I know which way you went. (laughs) And the way we go is based on a decision we make. We start the journey to heaven while we're on this side of heaven. We make our decision to lay it all before the Lord and confess our sins and repent and turn it over to Him and ask Him to forgive us our sin and save us. That's somewhere in our life we make that decision. As we Will shared last week, it's not just a decision to be in the past. Every day. Rekindle that decision before the Lord. Christ would say, don't just follow anybody to the grave. Follow me. Jesus' first words to the disciples were, follow me. Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you, God, for the grace that you have promised Lord, to those of us on this earth. That if we will believe and trust You, that God, You will save us. And we will not depart to everlasting death, but to everlasting life. So we rejoice today in that. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. We know the song, Amazing Grace. But I'd like to just take a song take, and just have a moment of invitation today. When we partake of the Lord's Supper, it's a good time to examine our heart. It's a good time to make our decisions for Christ. And I'd invite you today, if the Lord is so moved in your life, you maybe along the altar here. I'd be glad to pray with you here. Let's stand together and sing Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound! Supper. I'm going to ask our, our uh, deacons to come. They're going to be serving the Lord's Supper while they're coming. I want to introduce Clayton to you here. Clayton, you come on and step up next to me here. It is Clayton, isn't it? Yes. Not, Roger? Not Roger? Not Roger. Okay, good. Uh, but this is Clayton Ryan. Ryan, as I like to say it. And uh, Clayton's been coming to our church for a good long while now. And you see him up in the <laughs> choir. He's uh, gotten involved in that. And the Lord has just moved in his life and led him to. To, to believe that this is the place for him to be a member of the church and to join with us today. And so uh, I'm proud to pronounce, uh, I'm, I'm proud to present.
1: <laughs>
0: not pronounce. That's in a, some other service. Yes. Present uh, Clayton to us as a candidate for uh, move by move membership to our church by letter from the Merriman Avenue Baptist Church. What's the will of the body? Motions made and seconded around. If you'll welcome him into the church family, will you say praise God? Praise God. And amen. Amen. Well, you're in. Yay. (laughs) All right. Okay, have a seat right here.